I remember the Christmas of 1986 very well, even though it was 30 years ago. I remember it because, as our family's tradition was, and is in my family now too, we, we get to open one present on Christmas Eve. And uh, we opened one gift, and then we went to church. Uh, our candlelight service came back home, and, and you have the excitement, that feeling of Christmas. Christmas is here. Now we know it's all about Jesus, but there's something about the gifts too, right? Okay? And so we hurried up and get to bed because we know in the morning we get to open up all of our gifts. Got up really early. Mom and Dad woke them up. I think they were already up, but we, we got up early and went out to get all the gifts. And they're, they're piled high underneath the, the Christmas tree. Now, my family, we didn't live lavishly. We didn't go out to eat a lot. We, uh, we didn't have a, a bunch of stuff. But Mom and Dad, for Christmas, made it a big deal. And, uh, and so it was so fun to open gifts. And with seven in our family, there's a lot, lots and lots of gifts to go through. And we didn't just go through and tear into all the gifts. We passed out one at a time, announced who it's from, and then opened the gift. Well, as we started opening all the gifts, I, um, my brother and I, my brother Joe, two years younger than me, we began to notice that my sisters were getting more gifts than us. And, uh, and they were better gifts than us. And we, we didn't want to complain, and so we didn't say anything, but we kept going and there's uh, these big gifts coming out for our sisters and we have socks and, and some other exciting things as a nine-year-old and uh, we get to the end and that's all of the gifts but you know it's not about gifts it's about Jesus and so we couldn't be mad or angry um, but my brother and I are looking at each other and, and this is a terrible Christmas <laughs> and, uh, and then my dad said Hey, wait a second. I think there's one more gift. He said, boys, come follow me. So we walked out to the garage and opened the garage door. Out to the garage, the light was on, and there was a go-kart for us. And and we couldn't believe it. And we were so excited and so happy. And and we had to ride it right then, too. And uh, it was, I think, 10 below zero that day. And Dad threw out his arm, starting up that go-kart. And we rode it. And uh, that was the best gift ever. That was the best gift. Today we're talking about the best gift. And that is the gift of a king. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 2. That's going to be our spiritual food for this morning. As we're going to look at three characters out of the text and three responses that they have uh, to this great gift the gift of a king the best gift ever the gift of Jesus Matthew chapter 2 start at verse 1 Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod about that time some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking where is the newborn king of the Jews We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. 
Here we see the story of the wise men. The wise men who are also called the magi. You remember the Christmas story, the gift of the magi? The the magi is a Greek word and we get our word magistrate from that word. These were three wise men whose scholars tell us they came from somewhere in the east, possibly Iraq. And uh, they, they come... And they come to follow the star to find a, a, a king that was to be born. Now they studied the signs. They were astrologers and, and they, they followed the signs in the sky. And it wasn't unusual, historically speaking, for a, a great birth to be accompanied by a, a sign in the heavens and they they see this sign that is a star and they follow it and they come from the east and they come to Jerusalem and they come to the man Herod that's our second character Herod Herod is called the king of the Jews now he's called the king of the Jews because he was given that name by the Romans the occupying Romans who occupied Israel, Judea, they put Herod in charge and he was called the king of the Jews. But the people, the Jews, didn't accept him because he was descended, his lineage was from the line of Esau and not of Jacob. King Herod is known for his cruelty because... As we see later in this story, in in Matthew chapter 2, after he hears about this king to be born, and the wise men don't come back to him and don't report to him, he is very angry and doesn't want to lose his position as king, and so he has all of the baby boys, two and under, murdered, killed. King Herod is our second character in our Christmas story. The third characters really are the religious leaders of the day. They are the chief priests and scribes of the people. And and they know the prophecy of the Messiah to be born. The king that was to come was to be born in Bethlehem. This king was special because he was going to be born not to lead the people by the sword as the the people believed, but that this king would be a king that would die for his people, King Jesus. So we have the wise men, we have King Herod, and we have the religious leaders of the day in our story. Now isn't it interesting that Herod is deeply disturbed. And we read here in the text that all of Jerusalem is in an uproar. How many of you know that the wise men were probably not three? We, we think of three. One hand back there. Good. Merry Christmas. We think of three because of the three gifts. What were the three gifts? Yeah, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we think of the, of the three and we sing, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Well, that's just a nice song, but there's probably a lot more. There's probably a caravan of people who are coming and these wise men are seeking uh, this new king to be born. And they're traveling. Now, we move on to the story, verse 7. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Yeah, right. 
After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Many of our nativity scenes, we see the the shepherds on one side, and we see the wise men on the other side, but we see the truth of the story. This is sometime after Jesus has been born that these wise men come a different time, the shepherds were there that very night when the angels declared to them that Christ is born. But here the wise men come sometime later, we don't know exactly when, and they do a couple of different things. Here's the responses, okay? They worship Jesus and they give him gifts. Worship has the idea of falling down before someone. Or literally to kiss the ring of someone. That they are held in high esteem. That you think much of that person or that individual. That you would worship them. That you would give them the glory. That they would be above you. These wise men. No doubt rich. No doubt successful. No doubt looked up to. Came and they fell and they worshipped Jesus second thing they did is they gave him gifts they gave him gifts well santa claus jolly old good old saint nick wasn't the first one to give gifts the wise men gave these three gifts as you've already stated first they gave gold and here's how the the church down throughout the the centuries have looked at these gifts okay gold represents the kingly status of Jesus it represented the wealth and the power of a king remember King Solomon he had gold all over the place the temple was filled with gold gold signified the royalty the position of a king frankincense frankincense was used in the temple for worship in offering sacrifice And as we see this gift give to Jesus, this offering is symbolic of Jesus' deity. Jesus Christ, fully man, but fully God. Jesus is is really born in a manger, but this is not his first experience at life because he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is from before time began. It's in Jesus, in this little babe, that all of the universe was created and spoken into existence. It is in this babe that all of it holds together by his power. It is the deity of God in Jesus Christ. And they gave him myrrh. As they worshipped, they presented him myrrh. Myrrh is, is perfume. Myrrh was used, we see in John chapter 19, in the embalming process of Jesus himself when he's taken down off the cross and 75 pounds of of myrrh and aloe are used to embalm him. And this would signify, come to signify Jesus' humanity. Jesus was fully man. Jesus, born in the manger, was dependent on Mary 
and Joseph. Jesus grew as a little boy into a man. So the wise men came. They came to the king and they worshipped him and they gave him gifts. What is your response to the king this morning? Now the wise men worshipped and gave gifts, but there's other responses that we see. We see the response of Herod. His response was one of hostility and of anger. Tim talked about this last night at our Christmas Eve services that there are some of you here, you're at church today, but maybe you were dragged here, maybe you felt like you had to be here, but there's anger in your heart toward God. Hostility. Anger. Maybe you've done everything right in your life. You felt like you've followed every rule to the T. You've obeyed God even, and now some evil has happened to you. Something has damaged your life and damaged your world or your family's life and world. And now there's a hostility and an anger toward God that how could he let that happen to me? You've held God in your debt. The problem is that God is in no one's debt. Then there's a response of the religious leaders, and I think this would be a great possibility for many people around the world. The religious leaders were there. They knew Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. They told Herod the prophecy, right? In which Herod told to the wise men, and the wise men go and they find Jesus. And yet, these religious leaders are just down the road. They don't go and search for Jesus. The religious leaders are apathetic. They really just don't care about this supposed new king to be born. So what do you give to Jesus today? Maybe you have to receive even last night as we talked again, Christmas is about receiving the newborn king. That this little boy would grow to go to the cross to die for our sin and to rise again, promising new life to all who would believe and come to him. But Jesus didn't hide the cost of following him. Jesus said you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So it's not merely a, 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 an acknowledgement in your mind of who Jesus is, even the demons believe. But it's, a, it's a, a, a going to him with your life. Jesus, come into my life. Change me so that I might live for you. Jesus died for us so that we might live for him. What's your response to Jesus? Queen Victoria had just ascended to her throne. And it was custom of the day that the uh, newly crowned royalty would come and they would listen to a rendition of Handel's Messiah. And some of the people around Queen Victoria told her as Handel's Messiah is being played and being sung, the people will all stand and rise, but our custom is that the royalty stays seated while everyone else stands. And so she listened to this advice. And the song started... Handel's Messiah, you know that song? Came the part, Alleluia, Alleluia, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And the people stood. 
And the queen sat. And something stirred within her. And the song began to continue. King of kings and Lord of lords. And she broke custom and had to stand before the king of kings and Lord of lords. And she bowed her head as if to symbolically say, my crown is for you. How do you respond to the king? King Jesus, born in a manger, went to the cross to die, is coming again to rule and reign. Do you worship Jesus this morning? Do you give him gifts of your life? That you would give to him, we give so freely to others. Do you give to him your work, your life, your heart? Let's worship Jesus together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this Christmas day. Lord, we know that you're on the throne every day of the year. But we, especially this day, come into your house together, and together we worship you. Thank you for the worship team, Lord, that led us in this powerful songs of worship that we could come before your throne and worship you and remind us of the eternal truth that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, to your glory, Lord God Almighty. And so today... Before the end comes and we all bow, we choose to bow because you have given everything for us. You are our great gift, O King Jesus. And it's in your mighty and matchless name we pray. Amen.